When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody, it's Dan, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And Mary Kay Cabot and I are previewing training camp. We will see our first practice today in Berea, and we're going to get our first look at the 2021 Cleveland Browns. So we go through some of the storylines that we'll be watching as the Browns officially get training camp underway on Wednesday. Now, if you haven't signed up for Football Insider, you've put it off long enough, you got to get signed up or you're going to miss out on some stuff coming your way for our subscribers. Uh, a daily newsletter every single day, exclusive access to stories on cleveland.com browns, and of course you can be one of our tech subscribers. So go to cleveland.com browns, click that blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. And also make sure you're subscribed to this pod wherever you listen to your pods because our schedule is going to change up a little bit and I want to make sure it shows up on your phone uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, here we go. Our Wednesday edition of the Orange or Brown Talk pod. Mary Kay, let's get to it. Some storylines to watch at practice. What's your first one? You know what? I just am not going to be able to take my eyes off of watching Odell Beckham Jr. and what he's going to be bringing to the table and how he looks with Baker Mayfield. You know, just how he looks physically, you know, just that that whole Odell thing. I mean, Odell is always a story. He's always sort of larger than life. And so I, I think that's the number one thing I'll be looking at. Yeah, it's hard to not go with that, number one. And there's so many, like, veins to it, right? There's obviously, how does Odell look coming back from the ACL surgery? And we've got a little glimpse of it, but this is going to be our first up-close look at it. But also, how does Odell look with Baker Mayfield? I mean, that, that's kind of, I was just on Sports for CLE, and we, you know, we were talking a little bit about storylines, and that was just sort of the overarching one. Like, I don't know if we'll get answers to that until real games start, but we'll at least get a glimpse into it. And that's a really important storyline. Yeah, it really is. Uh, now, the thing is, though, and you know this as well as I do, they always look pretty good together in practice, right? I mean, there's never been a time when we've really looked out there that much and thought, geez, those guys are really off today. I mean, it's never been like that. Uh, it's more in the heat of the moment that, you know, that for one reason or another, it just hasn't happened for them the way that the way that you would want it to. But I think a lot of that had to do with 2019 and just the way the offense uh, was structured under Freddie Kitchens and how they were, you know, kind of trying to, to go deep too often and just low percentage passes. And now there are so many places to go with the ball. And I think that maybe Odell won't be double teamed every single time. I just think it's going to work out a lot better this year than it has in the past. When you bring up 2019, I think that's 
actually really interesting from a training camp standpoint too, because that those training camp practices were just so, and a lot of this is hindsight, I get it, but even in the moment, it just felt like this. They were so disorganized and so disjointed and the focus was on just really ridiculous things. If they're not on the same page, this coaching staff is going to fix it, right? They're, they're going to get in there and they're going to fix it. I mean, I remember in 2019, Baker yelling at Odell in front of everybody because he what ran the wrong route or something. I mean, you had guys yelling, berating officials, and it was just a mess. It was all it was sloppy. It wasn't very professional. That's not going to happen this year. And I think that's the reason for optimism with the Baker-Odell relationship is if you get a situation where Odell does one thing and Baker does another, they're going to fix it. This coaching staff is going to step in and they're going to get it fixed. Yeah, that, that is going to go a long way towards better chemistry and timing between Odell and Baker. And the other thing about this situation is that Odell Beckham Jr. trusts Kevin Stefanski. He trusts the offense. He has a very high football acumen. So does Jarvis. So do a lot of these guys on this team that are at that elite level. And they, you can't fool them. You cannot fool them. If you don't know what you're doing, uh, then you are absolutely just not going to be able to, to get by with that. So he knows that, that Kevin Stefanski is on top of this offense and that it is, uh, that it is player friendly and that it is explosive. And I, I really think that he's completely bought into it. And I just don't see the issues that we saw before. Okay, let's move on to a second storyline. Let's stay on Baker Mayfield. I just, I want to see how Baker Mayfield looks in year two in this offense, year four. I, I just, I'm really excited to see Baker Mayfield in this training camp. So just, so just kind of sticking with that Baker Odell thing. I'm just really excited to see how he looks and how comfortable he looks, how in control of this offense he looks, how business, how business-like he is. I really want to see what year four Baker Mayfield looks like. Yeah, I, that is another huge thing that I think right after Odell, everybody's eyes will be, and a lot of times they'll be on both of those guys. But I mean, Baker is is gotta be the number two storyline in this camp, and in the minds of some, maybe the number one. But I do think that that Baker heading into this season is is going to be huge because he's not learning new footwork, he's not learning new terminology. He owns this offense. He's going to be able to direct traffic. He'll distribute the ball where he feels it needs to go. And I just think he's mature enough on the field to not let anything get to him. He's not going to feel pressured to get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. Not going to feel pressured to get it to Austin Hooper or Jarvis Landry or anyone. I think that the message is going to be we're all for one and one for all. And we're trying to get to the Super Bowl. And however we get the ball to whoever we get it to is how this is going to work out. And I just think he's going to have so much more confidence. He looks fit and trim. I went to his uh, football camp uh, last week and he looked really, really in great shape. And he just seems ready to go and ready to take that leadership role uh, up to another level. Yeah, I, th I think that's kind of the next step for him is, you know, he's <laughs> what did Hugh Jackson call him? The, the Pied Piper. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's what he's got to be for this team. And there are challenges. We talk so much about Baker and Odell, but there are challenges like Jarvis is going to want the football. So is Richard. So is Austin Hooper. All those guys you mentioned, they're all going to want the football. And it's just going to be on Baker to say, hey, it's coming. Just be patient like he did last year. You know, we saw in that mic'd up segment. It's coming. Just be patient. 
I've got to run this offense and we've got to score more points than the other team. And that's what matters. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think that he's really going to have a lot more on his plate this year as well. I think the coaches are going to trust him uh, to do some different things that perhaps we haven't seen him do before in terms of at the line of scrimmage and just taking more ownership and responsibility. They can change up the cadence. You've talked a lot about cadence, Dan. I think that they're going to let him do some different things in that way uh, this year where he'll be uh, running the show out there in, in some instances. And I think they feel he's probably ready for that. Yeah, I think it's going to be his offense now. And it's the first time he's going into the same system for two years in a row since he's been in the pros. That's meaningful. I mean, you can act confident, but you really have to know what you're doing to play fast and to play with that kind of confidence. And now he's got that. I mean, you know how hard it is to spit out those plays while you're also uh, trying to you know, lead your footwork with the left foot and all the things that he had to think about last year. Now he can play fast and not just always be thinking, am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? And he was also learning new personnel. He was learning Austin Hooper. You know, now he's just got all that down. I mean, they returned the varsity and they're running it back. And I think you'll see the fruits of that very early on. Yeah, I do. I do want to see more tempo this year. I hope we see a little more of that. Like let Baker get to the line and dissect things and maybe you know, do some play calling, make some adjustments, whatever it is. I, I hope that's kind of what we see uh, this year on, on this offense. Okay. What else have you got? We have got to look at a lot of things on that defense and I'm excited to see so many things on the defense, including uh, let's just start with Jadavian Clowney. I mean, we know what miles brings to the table. So uh, the, the new shiny toy over there on the defensive line is Jadavian Clowney. What can he do? What's he going to bring? And some of the things I noticed in mini camp were just how well he was fitting in, how happy he looked. I mean, he just looked like uh, he's rejuvenated. He looked like he was in great shape. He looked like he was moving well. He was interacting with a lot of the guys, including Miles Garrett. And uh, I just I think he's going to be uh, a great addition to this defensive line, and even maybe more of a leader or a mentor than perhaps he has been in his last couple of stops. I think he feels wanted here. I think he feels rejuvenated. And I see some pretty good things for him. That's a good one. Davian is, I, I'm curious, what do you think they're going to do with him? Obviously, everybody is, is cleared to go. Nobody's starting on the, on the pup list. But how aggressive do you think they'll be with Jadavian? Do, do you think they're going to take it easy with him? Do you think we're going to have stretches where maybe he doesn't practice or sits out? I mean, it didn't happen during minicamp that, that I remember. But do, do you think they'll take it easy with him? I think they will. And I think they should, I think they will do that with all of the guys that are coming off surgeries and injuries, and maybe some of the veterans that aren't coming off any surgeries or injuries. And here's why this is going to be a marathon this season. They hope to go from now all the way to February. That's a long time uh, to try to keep guys fresh and healthy. They have to go all the way from now until week 13 before they get a bye week so, you know, you've got to map it out that way as well. And then there are 17 games this season, which one more game, that might not seem like that big of a deal, but it is a big deal uh, in terms of the grand scheme of a season. Uh, one more game is one more wear and tear on the body. Now, they did lop off one preseason game, but most guys didn't play in that fourth preseason game anyways. Most of the veterans rest for that game. We'll have to see how they manage the preseason games this year. But... You know, they're going to have to control and manage the, the depth and the rotation 
throughout practice and throughout preseason and throughout the beginning part of the season to get all the way to that finish line. And so I do think that you'll see some veterans resting. I think you'll see a lot of rotation and, you know, that will have the added benefit of everybody will be ready to play. Well, and Kevin Stefanski, when he, I know when he got asked about that 17th game, he, he kind of put, laid it out as, hey, that's 60 more reps. He didn't lay it out as one game, it's 60 more reps. And they're real reps. They're not preseason reps. They're real regular season reps. So I think he understands that. Clowney is, seeing him physically was, I don't want to say jarring, but it was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. I understand why this guy was the number one overall pick and, and why he you know, continues to get these opportunities and, and people really want him to be that other defensive end. It, it was, he's different. He's built different. He really is. I mean, when, when a guy has elite level talent, it stands out. When they move and walk and go through drill, drills, there's something different about that. You can see it. I can see it. Even just watching practice, there's just a, a different level of, of physical capability uh, when you have an elite defender or an offensive guy like an Odell. Uh, they just are uh, just a cut above everybody else. And there are so many things that Jadavian Clowney can do that are better than a lot of other people in the NFL. One of those things are he does not get home a lot in terms of sacking the quarterback. He's only had three sacks in his last 19 games. I mean, that like what's going on with that? But he is creating pressure. He is being disruptive. In fact, last year through 10 games of which he played, I think eight of them, uh, he was tied for ninth with 22 pressures. And at that point, I think Miles had like 24. So he was not far off Miles Garrett at that point. So if you get those two guys together being disruptive like that, that's going to mean a whole lot uh, for this defensive line and for the opposing quarterback and what he is able to accomplish. So uh, I, I just see some really good things. And then, of course, he sets the edge better than most people. And that is something that this defense really needed. Yeah, I've, I've said it before. We're keeping track of sack assists this year. We're, we're going to keep track of yeah. you know, Jadavian flushes the quarterback one way and Miles cleans it up. We're keeping track of sack assists. I'll go with an obvious one here. I want to see the safeties. I don't know how much Joe Woods is, is going to show us. I don't know how much we're going to get to see, but the good thing about training camp is they got to show us something. We're there for the whole practice and they've got to get ready to play a game on September 12th against Kansas city chiefs. So we're going to see something and we're going to see preseason games and, and all of that. So I just want to see how often are they in these three safety looks who are the safeties when there's two on the field? Is, can Ronnie Harrison really win that other safety job? Th that's really kind of the other thing I think that most people have circled along with Odell, right? I think the other thing that everybody's going to be watching is probably those safeties and how they get deployed. We know John Johnson is going to be on the field a bunch, but how, how do the other guys kind of get worked in? Yeah, so much intrigue in the in the defensive backfield right now. And as you mentioned, uh, it starts in large part with those safeties. Of course, there's an intriguing cornerback battle, too, and we'll get to that in a minute. But those safeties, I mean, to bring John Johnson in, he was the number one target for them this year in free agency. So he was this year's Jack Conklin. He's what they went out to get, and they accomplished it. So they're super excited about him. And then, as you mentioned, 
the second safety position is going to be somewhat of a battle between Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit. And much will depend on how Grant Delpit comes back from a ruptured Achilles. That's a tough injury to come back from. In fact, about roughly somewhere around 25% of NFL players don't make it back from a ruptured Achilles injury. But Grant is he's young enough and it, he looks tremendous right now in his rehab and he looked good in what we saw him doing uh, in minicamp. But, you know, Ronnie might have a little bit of the edge as they head into that Kansas City game in the opener because he's 100% healthy, he's got experience, and he played in that game. And I think there is going to be something to be said uh, for experience as you head into that opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. Knowing the defense and having having an offseason, I'm just really kind of excited to see how Harrison comes back. But again, you know, how do they use these guys in the slot? Do we see do we see Ronnie play some slot? Do we see John Johnson play some of the box safety or line up as a linebacker? There's so many things they're going to do with the linebackers, and we're going to at least get to see a piece of it. So in, in that way, we're going to see a part of Joe Wood's defense that I just don't know we that we got to see last year. It's going to be interesting to see what they show us in camp and how they decide uh, that they want to utilize these defensive guys. And, uh, you know, we don't really quite know yet. And here's the thing. I don't know that they quite know yet how all the pieces and the parts are going to fit together. It takes a while uh, to get a new group of guys together, and there could be nine new starters on defense. It takes a while to get them on the field together and see who is going to excel in what situation and who rises to the occasion in the heat of the moment. And, you know, who's a gamer, who, who does this, who, who's, who's your leader, who's your green dot guy, who's going to call the plays. Right. I mean, there are a lot of things to figure out and there are some unknowns like at linebacker. Right. I mean, we don't really know for sure how the whole linebacking core is going to, to shake out. So I think that it's kind of an underrated storyline because there, you know, there are going to be some, some battles there. Is Jacob Field, Jacob Phillips going to be on the field? Sione Takitaki, Anthony Walker, JOK, who's missing the early part of camp right now because he tested positive for COVID uh, and he's going to miss his first, whatever, five, six practices. So there's a lot going on at linebacker in addition to the other important positions. Give us another thing that you're going to be watching. I mentioned it before. I am going to be watching Greg Newsom versus Greedy Williams. Now, in the offseason, I had the absolute pleasure of doing a really uh, interesting interview with Greedy where he opened up and just told me uh, his story and just the ups and downs of what he had to go through last year with this axillary nerve damage in his shoulder where each week he would trudge to the doctor and they would put him on a, I can't remember the name of the machine yet, but you try to get the nerve to fire and it just wouldn't respond and wouldn't respond. And he had to just try to keep his spirits up and he had to try to keep going. And it was just very frustrating because it just wouldn't respond for him. Then in the off season, right around the time uh, that I did this story on him, and I can't remember what month it was now, but he came into town for another one of those appointments. And lo and behold, uh, the nerve started to fire. And the Browns are really excited about his development heading into this training camp. I keep asking people, really, is, is he really going to be ready? Is he really coming back? Is this really going to be okay? And the answer keeps coming back. Yes, he's going to be okay. And if that's the truth, then he and Greg Newsom are going to have a really, really nice battle uh, for the second cornerback position. And they're going to bring out the best in each other. And they're two really good guys too. Uh, and, and they're really going to, to battle it out 
and, and I think some, some good things will, will come from that. that. That's probably the battle of camp, right? The, that second cornerback position. That's the one where is Greedy Williams, who it's kind of a cool story because obviously he lost last year, but he's also, this is a front office that didn't draft him, but they're showing some faith in him, giving him an opportunity. I love his length across from Denzel Ward. I, I think it's really interesting. I think if I were to place a bet on it, I'd say that Greg Newsom might win that job, but I'm, I want to see what Greedy can do. I'm really excited to see what he can do because I was excited last year to see what he could do as that second corner. I think he's a good fit opposite of Denzel Ward. Yeah, and, and they really like him a lot. And the, what they love about him too is his attitude. His attitude has been phenomenal. He was poised to step in last season in training camp and win that. I mean, not win the starting job. He already had the starting job, but he was poised to step up his game from his rookie year. He really knew that he needed to do that. And, and he worked his tail off to be able to do that. They were so excited with his, with his work ethic last year. And that's why it was so hard on everyone when, when he went down and when this happened. So, yeah, I think that, um, that they're pulling for him because he is, uh, such a good individual. I mean, when Greg Newsom was drafted, the first person that he heard from was Greedy Williams. I mean, Greedy welcomed him with open arms and he's already done everything in his power to help Greg Newsom get up to speed and to be part of that family. And, and, you know, that goes a long way when you're coaching these guys, that goes a long way uh, in the minds of the coaches. One last one here. We talked about the linebackers a little bit already. So I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball again, and I'm going to go behind Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. And I just want to see which of these returning receivers grabs hold of those opportunities behind those two guys. I don't know if there's going to be an actual third receiver. I know you've talked about this. It could be matchup driven, but I just want to see who comes in and kind of like Kaderil Hodge last year hits the ground running and grabs those opportunities and looks like a guy that that's hungry and, and wants those reps that are going to be hard to find in that crowded room. Higgins, of course, people's Jones, uh, Anthony Schwartz. There's a Kadero is back. Of course, Jojo Natson is coming off the ACL. There's going to be a real fight for reps there behind those two guys. And I want to see who really comes in and attacks early. Yeah, you know what? I mean, there are no big name players behind Odell and Jarvis, but there are some really, really good football players. They are well coached. They catch the ball really well. I mean, we don't see a ton of drops in practice amongst these guys. They're very polished. And I, I've said this so many times, and I will continue to say it. One of the reasons is because they have Chad O'Shea, underrated coach who has Super Bowl rings from the New England Patriots. He coaches the fundamentals and he teaches really, really well. We watched this. Callie Brownson also worked with those receivers last year and she did a nice job with them too. They're very big on teaching. They're very big on the fundamentals of, of the position. And therefore that's why you see Kaderil Hodge catching the ball really, really well in practice. That's why you see the same thing with Donovan Peoples-Jones. The one person that I really want to see that now from is Anthony Schwartz. I'm excited to see the speed. I mean, it's always fun to see 4.2 in the 40 speed out on the field because, I mean, it's something that most human beings cannot do. And it's extraordinary to see it. Now he's got to couple that with consistency with his hands. That's what he has to work on in this training camp is his hands. And once he gets that down, he can be dynamite. 
And, and the other piece of that too, if you're going to play for Chad O'Shea, you, you better block. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to show some of that. And yeah, Anthony Schwartz, I want to see that speed at field level. I want to see what that looks like. We didn't get to see that in the spring and I'm excited to, to get a look at that. So that's, um, that's kind of the one big area where I'm, I, I guess, did, did we miss anything? I think we hit on the big ones. I mean, there, there are a couple other guys that I think we will be uh, taking a look at. I mean, we want to see that Jed Wills is, is picking it up from, from his rookie year. You want to see him take a step up. Uh, you know what you're going to get from Nick and Kareem, although I do think it'll be interesting to see how they're being used in this offense. We won't see everything because they're not going to give away the keys to the castle in training camp. But I just want to see uh, just the division of labor between those guys. And this is another area where they're going to pace them. They're going to pace them to get them to the finish line. Uh, so th- those are a couple of the guys. Then Tack McKinley, I mean, Tack, you know, was going to be the starting defensive end until they signed Jadavian Clowney. So, you know, this is a chance for him to say, here's what I've got. And then, of course, the defensive tackles, there's a lot of them. There are a lot of defensive tackles. And we kind of know who the key players are. But behind the the starting guys, there are four, you know, at least four really intriguing prospects back there, you know, that you want to see what they can do. Malik McDowell should be sufficiently recovered from his hamstring injury to say, hey, I belong in the NFL. And, you know, same thing with Marvin Wilson, the undrafted rookie out of Florida State. I think there are some cool things going on there, too. Uh, I mentioned this on Tuesday. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, you should be because our schedule is going to be a little bit different through camp. We're going to record after practices, so it's not going to be just a straight Monday through Friday. So just make sure you're subscribed and you're going to get this podcast right in your feed wherever you listen to your podcast. And of course, Football Insider, if you aren't subscribed by now, you should be because training camp is here and you're going to be missing out on stuff if you're not a Football Insider subscriber. So it's cleveland.com slash browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. Mary Kay, we'll talk to you later. Sounds great.